Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Out of the tunnel and onto the floor for our number two of Sports Talk. We're having a good time, and we appreciate that you're with us, as always. We're here to possibly inform, possibly entertain, and if we can get both, that's even better. We hope to do that with two out of three. Our radio game show coming up sooner than later. Sooner than later. Like maybe before we even take our next commercial, we will solicit calls for two out of three and if you're a winner today we've got not only gift certificates to the Esquire but we also have a pair of tickets to Illinois women's basketball on Wednesday against Indiana that's a big one that's a very big one they'll look to avenge their close loss to the Hoosiers from a few weeks ago so stay with us for that also going to talk some NFL with James Boyd Illinois alum now writing for the athletic covering the Indianapolis Colts and we'll be good to catch up with James, find out who the Bears are going to trade to the Colts, uh, what the Colts are going to send the Bears to get the number one draft pick. That's what we got to find out. Also, some very significant NFL slash Big Ten news today. Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, is going to the Bears to be their president and CEO. He'll replace Ted Phillips, who is stepping down for retirement. And this was something that came out a little while ago that he was a top candidate. It's now official. Warren with the Big Ten since June of 2019. Led the Big Ten through the COVID stuff to mixed reviews for sure. Helped the Big Ten land a monumental media deal and also a conference expansion. And now he's going back to the NFL where he was before, like with the Vikings. With the Vikings, with the Rams, with the Colts. Was he, he with the Lions, he's, he's, Was it the Lions? I, it, it, it sounds like it's where he wants to be. It's where he's been most of his career, and it's a, a good fit for him. Bears need a stadium. He just built a, a state-of-the-art one up in Minnesota. And, and like you were saying, maybe his PR stuff wasn't great, but he's a, a businessman. He's a contract guy. He got the big TV deal. He helped bring in other schools don't forget usc and ucla reached out to kevin warren kevin warren did not approach them so he doesn't get all the credit for that but he's a a good businessman he's an nfl guy but he set up such an attractive conference that they wanted to come to him right right (laughs) sure something like that more like he signed that tv deal that that had a, a lot of dollar figures in it that was very appealing to those schools but a good fit for the bears and now the the door is open for the big 10 also just kind of leaves you wondering is uh, uh, clearly it is but being the ceo of an nfl team is higher than being the commissioner of an entire 
conference of 14 or, or 16 teams. Um, it may depend. Okay, money aside? Money aside, right. Yeah, I don't know because it was Bryant Gumble on HBO Real Sports that had a sit-down with Kevin Warren and said, you're the most influential African-American mm-hmm. executive in the United States, in sports, mm-hmm. in the world of sports. You're the most influential African-American in your position as commissioner of the Big Ten. It's a huge role. To go back to one team right. is seemingly uh, a different, but that is also maybe what he is a wheelhouse for him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he will, he could hire or fire a GM, but he's not making football decisions. He's making everything else decisions, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Including that new stadium that Chicago made a last another last ditch effort to try and say, no, you want to stay here, don't you? We could have major sporting events in air quotes with images of what's obviously would be a Super Bowl or a Final Four, but they can't say those things legally. They can only say, imagine having, quote, major sporting events here in our town that have never been here before. What would that be? <laughs> I, I This came full circle because I, I saw that on Monday. Uh, the reply to it was perfect. I feel bad for the person who had to waste their time making that video. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it, 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 I don't even know. I saw, of course, it, it's video generated, but like how they plan to do it. But just in my mind, I, I, I can't see them putting a dome on Soldier Field. That just sounds like something out of The Simpsons. Well, where, <laughs> where there's a will, there's a way. And where there's enough money, there's a way. Well, but they, they cre- in case you missed it, basically the city of Chicago outsourced this firm to pitch the idea of keeping the Bears at Soldier Field mm-hmm. and and creating putting this beautiful glass dome over the top, and also creating a transportation center and an entertainment district. And I'm thinking these are wonderful ideas. Thirty years ago, when you should have done it the first time, mm-hmm. too late, too bad. We're going out to the burbs. There's already infrastructure for transportation of all kinds and space. And, and you don't have to deal space. with the city of Chicago yeah. and all those and, politics. And and who who runs this place? Well, this is the Park District's field. <laughs> <laughs> just, okay. Park Districts should not be in the business of NFL stadiums. Park no. Districts should be Park Districts. Mm-hmm. That's what they should be. It's a little bigger. But anyway, I, I mean, look, Kevin Warren probably leaves a sour taste in some people's mouths, especially if you're an Illini fan, you used to go back to the 2021 season and the, <laughs> the, 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 the non big 10 championship with to Michigan. Or if you think about how Ohio state kind of got into the, to the football th- side of things or just the, this, the, yes, we are. No, we're not. Yes, we are kind of start and stop with football in the COVID season when everybody else was way more committed. That didn't go over well. Just remember he wasn't answering to himself. And the delivery left something to be desired. But even I have heard from people that have known him, like how much he's respected. So I Mm -hmm. think he's going into a spot where he'll probably will thrive. And maybe COVID season stuff aside, he thrived in the Big Ten. I don't think it was a, we got to get him out of here. It was, oh, here's the door opening to go do this thing. I'm I'm out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that... It was the worst time to take over for a long-standing 
commissioner of a, a very proud and traditional type of, of conference and things got out of hand in both in the the conference itself and the world and for, at the at the end of it we played football you know there there was a champion named Illinois still got their their bragging rights by going into Ann Arbor and just wiping the floor with them so it, it worked out in the end and everybody's going to get paid <laughs> when that TV deal kicks in in a, a couple of years everybody's going to be saying thank you Kevin Warren and I've been very critical of of him through his tenure but uh you know money talks so <laughs> that that worked out and it's a, a very desirable position now for the next guy because all the heavy lifting's done, right? <laughs> I mean, what else is there to do? You've got the TV deal locked in for the better part of the rest of the decade. The teams are in, and as far as we know, conference realignment has kind of settled down, at least for, for the big boys when, when it comes to that sort of thing. So they're coming into a, a pretty good spot. And that begs the question, what do you want mm-hmm. as a conference for your next commissioner? Do you need somebody who's entrenched in... Uh, college right now and can handle sees how things are changing and where to go from there do you need another somebody from the outside I mean all kinds of names have been thrown around with different strengths Mm -hmm. do you need somebody really can handle media stuff do you I'm talking about media deals and media huge packages or do you need somebody that can really understand the NIL space I mean Warren was a lawyer is a lawyer I mean Mm -hmm. was or is I think you know what what is the future because this is a really rapidly spa- changing space still it feels like the big stuff's all happened but <laughs> you cannot predict i don't know what you want in it all but the uh, certainly the sentimental favorite if not the real favorite is jim phillips the former illini basketball manager and now the acc commissioner that many wanted to be the commissioner the first time around when kevin warren got it so we'll see if he gets plucked from the acc uh, Illinois football news, Caleb Griffin announces he's coming back. Maybe you could educate me. I didn't understand the reference. He referenced Perry Ellis, not the fashion thing, but but the Kansas basketball player. Right. I, I don't understand the reference. His tweet said Perry Ellis or myself. Either way, I'm never leaving. Let's do this one more time. Well, and Perry it- Ellis like retired from Kansas because he worked an entire like 30 year career there. I know he, he only played four seasons, but it seemed like Perry Ellis was at Kansas for an eternity. <laughs> I missed it, but well, and Ke- now because this will Griffin's be on another level, this will be Caleb's sixth year. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Perry, Perry Ellis. He, I mean, he, you, you saw the transition of his hairline. I, I mean, he, he, he aged a lifetime while he was at Kansas. So Caleb Griffin must be feeling the same way. Well, Caleb Griffin will come back and Perry was Ellis. Illinois kicker. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll see if Fabrizio Pinton, who backed him up this year or the, uh, the, the incoming David Alano, uh, we'll see if there's any competition there or not, but one more go-around for Caleb Griffin. Alano hit that big old field goal in the All-American game down there in Texas. And Griffin Griffin firmly got the job, I mean, throughout this year after he came back from injury and that. But uh, that dude looks like he's the future. Casey Washington coming back. Also, this is the new – see, this is the new – everyone gets to announce that they're coming back and get their little moment it's the engagement it's the congratulations texts and the the you know i saw your tweet kind of conversations that you get to have it's cool 
I mean, I think I need to start doing that. Maybe you and I need to start doing that. Hey, everybody, I'm back. We're I'm not coming. athletes. We're people don't care. <laughs> oh, but I imagine they did just based on how people interact with athletes. Oh, I was gonna say, look at look at the likes. I'm sure yeah. there there's three four digits worth of likes. Hey, there. yesterday somebody stopped me to say hello in the parking lot. They said, hey, Scott Beatty. And I said, hey, what's up? And the person said, I read you all the time. You got a, do you, do you have some kind of document over in the library maybe from when you were in school? Did you do some kind of research? I don't know how you got my name and my face right, but clearly thought I was Scott Ritchie. Oh, is that what you think? That <laughs> That's what thought? I think. I mean, he's the Scott that writes all the time. <laughs> maybe they like your tweets. <laughs> there you go. Yes. Like I said, I need to post occasionally. I'm back. Just so you all know, I'm back. I am coming to work tomorrow. Yeah, I, I don't know. At this we've time, got, I we've plan- got like seven months till the next holiday. But when when we take the air on, on July 5th, make sure you tweet out, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> and then, and, and if I'm leaving, I'm going to write seven paragraphs about everyone I thank, and then end with it with that being, with that said, being said. I'm going I'm, on holiday. <laughs> I, w- I want to. I want to start calling vacation holiday. I've noticed <laughs> That's what the they, they, do it. they do that over there. That that sounds a lot better than vacation. No, uh, you I'm also take you a don't holiday. Yeah. Also, you don't go to college. You go to university. University. Yeah. There's no article in there. It's just you go to university. But what if it's not a university? Well, I. <laughs> or are they all universities over there? I don't know about that. But if you're sick, you go to hospital. You don't go to the hospital. You go to hospital. What happened? Why use a lot word when (laughs) your word do trick? (laughs) He's in hospital. All right. uh, If you can uh, say some words to us on air, and they're the correct words for our two out of three, you're going to be a winner. It's time to open it up for two out of three, everyone's favorite radio sports trivia game show. And in addition to gift certificates to the Esquire, we also have a pair of tickets to Illinois women's basketball Wednesday night against Indiana. It's their Pack the House event. So if you want to play and you think you're up on your sports trivia, and if I do say so myself, I think you can win this. I really do. (laughs) I hope you can. Give us a call. Third caller, 217-356-9397. Let's play after this if you want to be on. Illini family, this is Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. We're in action this Sunday. Listen in on News Talk 1400 FM. The cheesy sax music means only one thing. It's time for your favorite radio game show of sports trivia. It's two out of three, where if you can answer two out of three questions correct, you can win some fabulous prizes. Even better if you can answer all three. And in fact, today, if you can answer just one question, you'll leave a winner. It's a win-win-win situation, unless you don't get any of them right. Then we got a problem. All right, let's go to the phones. And our contestant today is Danny. Hello, Danny. You're on the air. Hello. Hello. Hey, are you ready to play? And and, and where are you calling from? Uh, Urbana. All right. We've had good success on the show with people from Urbana. I can tell you that. The analytics will show you that if you, uh, if you look at them. All right. I'm going to ask you three questions. And uh, today, if you get even one correct, you're going to get a pair of tickets to go to the women's game. And 
We've got Esquire dollars as well if you can get two or all three correct. You ready to play? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Question number one. What is the name of the home arena for Illinois women's basketball? The State Farm Center. Nicely done. Nicely done. All right. Here we can go and continue our sports trivia. Becoming the first to do so in consecutive seasons for the first time in the last 10 years, who won the college football playoff national championship on Monday? Georgia. University of Georgia. You are right. According to the ratings, you may not have watched it, but (laughs) you are correct. I Uh, cannot. (laughs) You and many. A lot of people didn't. Yeah. It was over as soon as it started. All right. Here's our third question, Danny. Despite their team winning just three games all season, what NFL team's fan base is giddy right now because they own the number one draft pick? The Chicago Bears. Evan, how did Danny do? Got the sweep. That means you've got tickets to the women's game on Wednesday night plus Twenty dollars in gift certificates to the Esquire. Danny, you're a winner. You swept it. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Appreciate the opportunity to play. I pre- we appreciate you playing with us. Stay on the line. It'll get your information. Okay. Okay. Thank you, sir. And that's, that's how we play. Nicely done. Two out of three. Look, if you don't sweep them all, it's all right because two out of three ain't bad. It means you won the series. But this guy took care of business. We needed a, a couple people to get two out of three so that the game fit we've been getting too many sweeps mm-hmm. but we went back to it today yeah. yeah brad underwood met with us today it's illinois and michigan state tomorrow night a big one at the state farm center because that's where the men play also uh illinois has uh, shown tremendous defense the last couple of games and ball movement especially this last game against nebraska you win in this league with defense you don't win with you know, offense might win you a game where you make some shots. Um, you know, that wasn't the night. I mean, Nebraska is, you know, I think held Purdue into the 50s in an overtime game or real close. They've been exceptional defensively throughout league play. We missed a lot of layups and we missed a lot of wide, wide open shots. The ball movement was very, very good. Um, I thought that, you know, our ability to skip it, uh, which they forced you to do, and then our ability to drive closeouts, not just to score, but to make the next pass was 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 the best we've had all year. It was very good. Uh, but you, you're going to win in this league with your defense, and uh, um, you know I feel great about where we're we're gaining ground on that. Like we've moved up 20 spots in Kim Palm in the last 10, 12 days to get where we want to be. We've got to be a top 15 defense, and and uh, we're getting better there. I thought. The reason the defense was so good in part was the rim protection, and there was seemingly a lot of fouls called, but I felt like Illinois wasn't making bad fouls, Uh, Mm -mm. especially down the the way they walled up and played so disciplined, and when they were swiping and trying to block things, they weren't just hacking guys. It wasn't gambling. They weren't trying to make a play that wasn't there and – they continue to be really good at blocking shots despite not having a, a seven-footer or just some monster presence inside. No, they, they, they use their hands well, and when you're playing good help defense and you're, you're in position to make those kinds of moves, you don't have to foul and you don't have to, to reach in. The, the 
teams will kind of give it to you. I think three or four of the steals that, that the line I had against Nebraska was just right spot, right time, and Nebraska's like, here you go, and, and Illinois turned them into points. So really just taking care of your stuff, and you don't have to do the extra stuff. That, that teams will make mistakes, and you can take advantage of them. And then the discipline offensively to keep that ball moving, it, just the, the human nature would say, hold on to that thing and try to do something yourself. And they didn't. And, and as, as they say, when, when you do move the ball like that, everybody eats. Mm-hmm. And you had five and double figures. That's, and, and that's where they were running into to issues over the last month. It was, well, am I getting enough? Do, do I need to, to be doing more? And, and it's just working within the, the confines of the offense. The, the ball's going to find you. You're going to get shots. You don't have to, to force anything. Just, yeah, it, it, passing up good shots for, for great shots and no more dribbling, dribbling, step-back jumper kind of stuff. The offense looks a lot better. Coleman Hawkins also talked with us today on how this team is playing much better now. Well, it's obviously very My big to us. And it's okay, that was not uh, Coleman Hawkins. That was two different people, <laughs> including Brad Underwood. But now here's Coleman Hawkins, number nine, not number eight. Uh, I think just our execution. Uh, I think uh, we haven't really been breaking plays off Um We've been really elevating each other, uh, making plays for each other, and just listening to whatever coach says, um, uh, whatever play he calls, we're running it. And uh, we're running with pace, uh, making the right reads. So I, I think it's just been a lot better execution and uh, more attention to the game plan. So Seems like total buy-in on offensive ball movement and hard defensive play. Was there a change in mindset for you guys over the last week or two? Uh, I think we've just been able to lock in more and, and kind of just block out, you know, outside noise. Uh, you know, we kind of just been focused on on being better because we know the potential that we have. And, um, you know, we've been practicing hard and, and we earn to, to play the, the way that we're playing right now. Uh, with the way we've been locked in, attention to detail during practice, uh, the, the amount of, of time we put in and the effort we've been putting in lately. So I think we've, we've deserved to start playing like this. Is there a, a moment where you recognize, hey, if I make this extra pass, it benefits everybody and everybody's numbers are eventually going to get there? Yeah, and I've, I've sat down with Coach Frazier and just watched film and, you know, he's stopping it and playing it and uh, showing me times where, you know, I might have missed people and, and I'm not a selfish guy. You, you know, we, we both know that I would make these passes, but it's just like, getting caught up in the game i think it it's uh very contagious when someone can make a pass or it could be also contagious when someone doesn't make a pass so you know someone might uh turn down a pass to me and then all of a sudden the next play i might do it to them but you know it's different when everyone's moving the ball and and uh hitting open shots and getting the best shot possible so it's it's really contagious coleman hawkins but he is a turned into a really great interview um he, he he just he talks the game and he says some interesting things, but he's also really basketball savvy. <laughs> so I, I appreciate talking to Coleman Hawkins whenever we are afforded the opportunity. Um, tomorrow, Michigan State, bring your boxing gloves. <laughs> no doubt. Coleman said, I'm not mad at Maddie Sissoko anymore, by the way. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I still am. What, for I, breaking Io to nose? What Matt, you there, there's, another, there's another blunder of Kevin Warren's early days. I mean, how does a dude straight up assault Io to Sumo, the best player in the conference, and you don't suspend him? It's just insane. Well, I'm he probably had to him. ask 
Tom Izzo first if he could suspend mm-hmm. him. That, that might have been the deal. But yeah, there's been. Uh, Brad talked about the game a few years ago where, uh, uh, the, you know, the missed shot at the end and then they got a tip in, well, really a slam in to, to win it at the buzzer. Man, what was that guy's name? I can see it. I can still see the whole play. He was a really good player. Playing for the Grizzlies, I believe now. Yeah. Uh, and and it was Xavier Tillman. Yes, and Alan Griffin didn't box him out, but it was at the last second. He mm-hmm. was obviously going just go get a rebound, and and, and Tillman got the ball and in in air, <laughs> never came down with it, and it was like, oh, game's over. <laughs> and that and that, I mean, I think Illinois was in the middle of a, a long win streak. That might have been their only loss, like the last month plus of that season. There's probably another one that I'm forgetting about, but I mean, they were headed to the the stratosphere, and then Io goes down, and people thought, oh, he, he's hurt, and it was just a little bit of dramatization, and he was back, and Illinois closed out but the I, season strong. I tell where I sat from that vantage point, because it was behind the bench in the scores table, I could not see the play when Io got hurt. But the squeal of the sneaker was as mm-hmm. loud as it ever heard. So just based on that alone, I thought something extraordinarily serious had happened. Based on the sound, I can still hear that sneaker when he tried to plant and slipped. And I thought, uh-oh. And then we were at Media Vale the next day, and Io was practicing. And we're like, come on. <laughs> nice try. Nice try. How about some football talk? Our friend James Boyd from The Athletic will join us when we come back, and we'll talk about the NFL picture for the playoffs and uh, maybe if the Bears and the Colts are going to make a deal. Hi, this is Jackson Atkins from Rantoul Basketball. Friday night, it's Big Ten Basketball at State Farm Center. Illinois and Michigan State right here on News Talk 1400 FM. Thursday edition of Sports Talk, and with Evan Connum, Scott Beatty, thanks for being with us. We head over to the crossroads of America, Indianapolis, where our friend James Boyd hangs out and covers the Indianapolis Colts and the NFL for The Athletic, a one-time University of Illinois alum and Illini beat writer as well. James, my friend, great to have you back. Thanks for having me. It's been a little while, but obviously uh, it's been uh, pretty crazy on my end, and I'm sure... As you can tell from that season finale here in Indy, uh, some folks over in Illinois are pretty happy with the outcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can dive into that. But, hey, you've now in your professional career been covering major Division One sports and an NBA franchise and now an NFL franchise. So how do you like all of them? And, and, you know, how sweet is the spot you're in right now? It's been good. You know, I still, my heart, I still feel like it's with preps. I love high school sports. I think it's like, that's like the purest form of sports before everything kind of gets crazy. But um, the biggest difference between the NBA and NFL, and even like college, is that the NFL just has more of a schedule, you know, with the one game a week, you kind of have a better work-life balance. And that gives you a little more time to work on some bigger pieces and stuff like that and have a great team around me. But um, people always ask, like, man, which one do you like more? Which one? It's pros and cons to both, and I just love where I'm at, and gratefully I get to, you know, get paid to write and talk about sports every day. You do, and you know what? You're not in control of the team you cover, but man, for a team, <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> but for a team, for a team that was not very good this year, they gave you some things to write about. The Indianapolis Colts did. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I go back to November seventh, 
the night that they uh the day they hired Jeff Saturday and had a press conference that night and I got so many texts from friends and family and they were just like, Wow, this is a real press conference. This is actually happening. You know, Jeff Saturday's the coach and I'll never forget uh owner Jim Ursay saying he was happy that Jeff Saturday didn't have any experience. And um as I've told you all <laughs> just now, I mean, I'm pretty happy that you know, I'm sure pretty sure that Bears fans were happy that he didn't have experience as well because the way they kind of collapsed down the stretch there uh, to give the, the Colts, I mean, to give the Bears a number one pick um, was pretty uh, spectacular, to say the least. And, you know, I saw some things this season that I could have never prepared for, but um, I guess you learned through experience, and I got it all this year. Well, and it goes to show Lovey still has a soft spot, spot in his heart for the Bears, <laughs> despite that gruff exterior about it. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man, it was pretty funny being at the game, and I was like, man, how crazy is this? Like a few years ago, I was in college covering Lovey Smith, you know, covering the Illini. And I'm like, you know, a couple years later, it kind of comes full circle that he's here, you know, and on that sideline, I'm in the press box. So kind of funny how life works sometimes. But, yeah, I think he uh, – there was actually a, a Bears fan at Lucas Oil Stadium who had the Bears jersey on. They have a photo of it. I believe in one of the newspapers around here where, like, she's dapping up Lovey Smith after the win. And so that was, uh, that was pretty funny. <laughs> We're talking with James Boyd. Hey, James. Uh Congrats on, on still just running the show. I mean, you're the man. But uh, I, I was wondering, as you've now done college sports in the NBA and the NFL, and you're pretty active on Twitter, who, who's got the most vocal fan base of all those sports that, that are always in your, your mentions and your DMs? Oh, man. So I would say IU fans, for sure. <laughs> they are – oh, man. Really? Evan, I <laughs> – Oh, Evan, my goodness, my friend. I, I, you know, basically threw gasoline on the IU fire last season with some trash talk, and I had my mentions flooded um, for at least, no joke, probably about a week of just pure, like, we hate this guy. How is he in Indiana? Why did they hire him from Illinois? You know, get rid of him, and it was, it was pretty bad. So I've toned it down. You know, I like to keep our subscribers and things like that. You kind of, I kind of need them. But, yeah, it definitely was uh, pretty intense on the IU side. So, <laughs> you know, I have to temper my, uh, my, my trash talk a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you're covering the, the Colts now, and I know they, they had their end-of-season press conference or, or whatever here this week, and their GM was pretty candid about wanting a quarterback. Have they lost a, a lot of leverage when it comes to trading up here for, for this coming draft? I don't know if they've lost leverage, but I thought the comments that, you know, uh, polls made about the Bears is like, hey, he basically made them in, in more position to have leverage. Like, he's like, hey, we're not sure about Justin Fields. If there's a quarterback that we see, you know, we're willing to take him and this and that. And I think that was just really just to drive the price up, you know, on that first uh, overall pick. And then with the Colts, I do think that they're going to have to take – they will take. I mean, it's common sense aligned here. They'll take a quarterback. They've kind of gone the veteran route the last few years. It hasn't really panned out. And um, they usually don't pick this high. So you kind of have to take advantage of what you're given. And I think that, you know, with a guy like C.J. Stroud out there, Bryce Young, Will Levis, one of those three um, has to be, in my opinion, in the Colts uniform. And I think that if they are really, really high on a guy like Bryce Young, you know, Chris Ballard said it, you know, the, the Colts GM, he was like, hey, well, we'll move heaven and earth to, you know, move up and, and get our guy. So, a lot of valuation to, to come, and I think that the one thing I'll add, you know, everyone's excited, like, oh, they're going to they're gonna trade with the Bears and move up, and it's like, you know, pump the brakes a little bit just because Bryce Young isn't like a 6'3", you know, 
prototypical size quarterback. That's my only pushback is like if they were to trade up to get him, that would be kind of unprecedented for a quarterback of that size, given his skill set and everything else. He's great, but he is kind of small. Talking with James Boyd. So if the Colts are in position to have their pick of a quarterback, who do you think they'd take? I think Stroud would probably be the guy. That's just me talking. I'm, I know they haven't really, you know, given too much, uh, you know, we, we kind of put him on the spot in, in the season press conference. Like, hey, what are your thoughts on the 2023 quarterbacks? And he's like, hey, you're not going to get me to go that far, you know, so <laughs> it's kind of funny. But I do think that CJ Stroud kind of fits right in that, you know, that four range. And um, the only catch is, like, he turned, you know, a few heads with that game against Georgia. So you don't know, like, okay – Coming into it, he was kind of seen as that number two guy and kind of in that range. But, again, scouts evaluate everyone differently. So would he be able to move up to a higher spot and things like that? And you don't know, you don't know what other teams are willing to do. But I think the, the Bears are in a great spot, you know, to kind of create their own future, so to speak, whether they, you know, keep the pick or use the pick. Um, they're in a great spot just as far as building their future. Uh, the Bears can probably set a price. And, you know, they, somebody's got to – buy eventually but do the Colts have enough attractive pieces for the Bears in terms of draft picks and or players yeah I think they would um they have the draft picks they have the players you got a guy like you know DeForest Buckner one of the interior defensive linemen he had a great Pro Bowl caliber season the only reason he probably wasn't a Pro Bowl is because they lost so many games um this is a guy who was just straight up dominant and then you also have a guy like Kenny Moore who's a, a cornerback, you know, he was in Iberfus' system, you know, liked, he came out and said after this season that he liked that system a little bit more and kind of felt out of place this season and he kind of showed up on the field. He's a guy they might be willing to package with, you know, some picks and, and to be able to move up. So I do think there's assets there, but, again, they're just that evaluation process. And then also the Colts are in a little bit of a unique situation, similar to, I guess, Houston and the other, you know, high teams. It's like, you got to hire a coach first and then get their, you know, analysis and everything and then kind of move forward from there. So there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of these different decisions. Talking with James Boyd of The Athletic, talking Bears, Colts, and the NFL. Yeah, where do you think they're they're going with that head coaching position? I've seen they, they've interviewed a, a number of guys from all over the place this past week. It doesn't sound like Jeff Saturday entrenched himself in the job at the end of the year, huh? No, not at all. I think when you have – I mean, let's be honest, when you have the biggest lone lead in NFL history on your resume, that's hard to, you know, ignore. And then it just the, the, the stretch down, you know, you win the first game against the Raiders, who are just god-awful, and then you lose seven straight. And I believe that's the longest losing streak since Jeff Saturday was actually a player here, you know, in 2011. So it's, uh, it was kind of rough. And then it wasn't just the losing, it's the way they lost. You know, you get blown out by, you know, Dallas. You blow the big lead against Minnesota. You, you have no shows against the Giants and Chargers, and then you lose in epic fashion against Houston. And fun fact, they were winless against Houston this season. You know, under Frank Wright, they tied, and with Jeff Saturday, they lost. So how do you not get a win against the Houston Texans? And so I think that, uh, you know, when it comes to those decisions and, and who's going to be the, the next head coach, Jeff Saturday is going to be, you know, up against some, some better candidates, quite frankly, with more experience and um, more to kind of sell themselves on. So I think that uh, – one thing that we kind of take away from it, you know, all of us beat writers on the beat when Chris Ballard was talking, he was not, you know, in line with hiring Jeff Saturday to begin with. That was um, owner Jim Ursay's decision. And I do believe if, you know, Jeff Saturday retains the head coaching position full time, he's a permanent guy, um, that'll be a Jim Ursay decision, not a Chris Ballard one, because, again, 
you do want to go out and try to get someone who has experience. And I do think that that's just with any job in life. You don't want to kind of hand the, key, the keys to a, quite frankly, a billion dollar business to someone who doesn't have the experience to kind of back it up. So um, we'll see. There's a lot of candidates out there. I think the name all the Colts fans want to hear is Jim Harbaugh, who <laughs> right now hasn't, you know, reportedly been, you know, interviewed or really been in connection with the Colts, but it's early and we'll see. But they hey. kind of got their their hopes and dreams on that guy. Hey, hey, Jim Jim Harbaugh already came out and said that he expects to be coaching Michigan next year. So I don't even see why <laughs> you would think that. Yeah, I don't even know why you'd think that would happen because he already said <laughs> that he expects to be coaching Michigan. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Their uh, university president came out today and said, you know, I've talked to our athletic director and we want him you know, to be back, and it's like, yeah, but what you want and what you get are not always what, you know, you get in life. Like, I would love for Rihanna to be my wife. Not going to happen, so it is what it is. <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, I'm willing to shoot my shot with anybody, but got to have some uh, real, realistic expectations here. <laughs> well, I know that it's the off season, but but the the work doesn't stop. But I I saw you were you were hooping since you got a, a little extra time. Are you still playing full court to, at at this ripe age of twenty six that we're at? Well, I'm twenty seven now. Evan. Oh I'm, oh, I'm a citizen, you know. But um, jokes aside, yeah, man, I still play like three times a week. That I mean, it's funny. I'm actually I go to the uh, the gym Ursa YMCA downtown here in Indy, so. It's like I'm go, I go to work and I and I write about you know Jim Irsay and I and I cover him and I'm like you know what maybe he isn't that bad of a guy because I go and work out at this facility and have a little fun so yeah I still play all the time man it's like my my way to kind of get out of that bubble of always writing about sports I think we all kind of fall in love with sports because we play them you know as kids and I'm trying to still be a kid for as long as I can but man I swear when I got off my parents insurance things kind of got a little different for me <laughs> <laughs> I heard that <laughs> um. Any, where would you suspect the likeliest uh, upset might come this this weekend in the playoffs? You know that wouldn't follow chalk. Oh man, let me think about this because I I, and, I don't know if I if you if you pick like the the Buccaneers is that you know is that an upset you know right well and they're do, four do and Cowboys against, are five yeah I mean exactly do you bet against those guys I'll say this I'll say Seahawks over Forty ers that will probably be my pick I do think that. You know, again, the 49ers are loaded. They've been great. You know, Brock Purdy, he's been Mr. Irrelevant. He's been pretty relevant to their success as of late. But, you know, I think that, you know, if you let Geno Smith cook a little bit and they, you know, have some plays go their way as far as turnovers or, or you know, a missed field goal here or there, something like that, or even if Brock Purdy does have a little bit of regression as, you know, a seventh-round pick, um, they, that could be one that I see kind of, uh, you know, being an upset and kind of finding some people. And, I, and that's what I love about the NFL is, like, not the NBA, man. It's one and done. So any given Sunday or Saturday or whatever day, Monday it might be, um, it, everything now that everyone's kind of predicting is going to happen obviously won't. So that's what I'm looking forward to. James, it's always a treat to catch up with you. Congratulations on uh, your newest endeavor covering the NFL in Indianapolis. Get over here. There's some good basketball going on, both, both men and women. So don't be a stranger. Oh, absolutely. I'm very proud of the women, for sure. That's been dope to see their program rise up. And then obviously with the men, I've seen Brad er, you know, Underwood yell and scream, and I'm hoping it works. <laughs> so, <laughs> we'll see. But, um, again, hey, yeah, I'll say this, my, my last little dig at IU, I guess. Illinois has a better record than IU, so I'll take that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> hey, you know your constituency here on this show, so <laughs> – Oh, I know, man. But look, look, don't play this too loud in Indianapolis or I might get, uh, you know, stoned the next time I leave my apartment. So we'll see. <laughs> All right, sir. Be well. 
All right, you all have a good one. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks, James. James Boyd at uh, the Romeoville Kid on Twitter, and uh, boy, I he what? What did he start in the DI? Mm-hmm. DI to uh, Decatur. And then, well, he was, spent some time in Indiana. I, I mean, th- that's why he, he's so good at, at what he does. Yeah. He still loves the preps. He, he's he's covered the that's NBA. Right. He's covered the NFL, and, and his favorite w- was still covering That's covering right. Yeah, preps. he was up in northwest Indiana yeah. covering, covering preps. What a good that's dude. That's great. And just a proud host moment here. In the first hour, Van Studeman was on, and she dropped Beyonce's name. <laughs> and in the second hour, James Boyd drops Rihanna's name. So I just feel especially relevant today <laughs> with my guests. We're right back to finish this off in a moment. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Eight at State Farm Center on a game day at six. Right here on DWS. Friday also means tomorrow we will do the notebook with Brian. And we expect to do the world according to Bob Osmussen. And we'll hear from Shauna Green and Alina women's basketball tomorrow as they get ready for their return to action on Sunday. And we'll gear up for Illinois and Michigan State tomorrow night. Plenty to come. Yeah, and just to, to touch on, on our favorite sport here, it sounds like the rigors of the baseball season were too much for Matt Holliday. He's resigned as bench coach of the Cardinals after zero games. He didn't even... No, okay. no. He was he, he was brought in to be the bench coach this year. Sounds like he wants to spend more time with his family, which I can't fault him, but still like a, a dig at the Cardinals. Uh, I saw Illinois beat uh, Matt Holliday's Oklahoma State Cowboys when he was a volunteer assistant there in 2020. Huh. It's become a thing where big leaguers go back to their alma maters and, mm-hmm. and are the volunteer assistants or whatever and serve as a coach. So cool. Illinois got that feather in their cap, too. Yeah. Well, Matt Holiday, what could have been? What could have been? There's no more. <laughs> thanks to Ed Bond on the other side. Thanks to our guests, Matt Stevens, Van Studeman, James Boyd. For Lauren Tate and Evan Kahn, I'm Scott Beatty. We'll talk to you again tomorrow at 4, News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. Good night.